0: The other day, my husband made the comment that God didn't really give us much help when it came to raising children. God taught us a lot of things, but parenting wasn't one of them. I told him I disagreed, that the scriptures were full of all sorts of examples of how to parent. His response was, like what? Well, today's episode, we are going to answer that question, like what? Today, we share a sampling of some of the finest examples of how God interacts with His children and what we can learn from it. So if you're a bit like my husband and wonder what advice God has for us as parents, stay tuned as we reveal some of God's greatest parenting tools. Hi, I'm Leslie.
1: And I'm Lindsay. And you are about to experience a new way to have family scripture study. Get ready, because this is where we say no to fancy, time-intensive lessons, no to trying to cover all the material, and no to stressing over what to talk about each day. And instead, we're going to say yes to simple but powerful family scripture study,
0: yes to family discussions, and yes to change to help our family become more like Jesus Christ. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to My Teaching Matters. I'm Leslie Johnson, and I'm here today with my daughter, Lindsay Jensen. Hi, everyone. So, Lindsay, I have heard a lot of people talking about um, that they're kind of worried about studying um, the Old Testament. They're just like, ah, this is kind of going to be boring. I don't know what to do. But I have to tell you that so far, I have loved it. It has been so fun. Um, How have you
1: felt about it? I love it. I love the stories in the Old Testament. There's some weird ones, but there's also... I'm excited to get back into the stories, right? We, um, for primary and, um, again, in, in our home, we've been learning the song. It's a new song by, um, Angie Killian, who we had on the podcast and Blake Gillette. They're both songwriters, but it's called, I will choose to serve the Lord. And, mm. um, it goes through and, it but it like names, it just talks about different stories from the Bible. And what you learn from them, and it includes males, and it includes females, and just like all these different things that you learn from them. Anyway, it's just so fun. And I sing that song, and I think, oh, I can't wait to talk about Daniel. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Hannah. I can't wait to talk about Esther. I can't wait to talk about all these people. (laughs) Um, But We've had a great time so far talking about Adam and Eve, and we talked about Cain and Abel recently about to get into Enoch. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. There are a lot of fun stories that are are really f- meaningful. And I'm really super glad that, um, we have included with our study of Genesis also parts of the, the, uh, pearl of Great price with, with, uh, mm-hmm. m- um, Adam and Eve?
1: Yeah, yeah oh, the stories oh, of Adam and, and Abraham and Moses the- and Abraham. Yeah,
0: those, those, those stories. Books. And, I have found, I have noticed this in the past, but I have been reminded of the great stories. Um This is like the mini parenting manual in these first few chapters of the Bible and of the Pearl of Great Price. And I... Want to share with our listeners some of the great gems, the pearls of great price that come out of these scriptures about parenting, because this is where we actually see the Lord interacting with his children very clearly. And it's really super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lindsay, let's, let's jump in. Why don't you quickly, um, tell us that remind us we all know the story of Adam and Eve in the garden but quickly share with us that story and then I want to point out a few things that I learned about parenting from the story of Adam and Eve and maybe as you listen to Lindsay tell this story kind of keep your thoughts open to okay what can I learn about my own parenting as I look at this story of Adam and Eve and their relationship with God
1: sure yeah this is this is the story everyone knows um, but you have Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden um, they were meant to love each other, meant to um, enjoy the garden, I mean, to take care of it, but they didn't really need taking care of, right? Naming the animals, but the animals could handle themselves. Um, they just were able to enjoy the garden, and God says you can eat of any fruit except for the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, but you can choose. You can eat of any fruit, but don't eat of that fruit because in the day that you do that, you'll surely die, um, but it is given to you to choose. That's basically what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, after a while, um, Eve is tempted by Satan. She eats the fruit. Um, she gives it to Adam. He eats the fruit. And God comes and starts, you know, he says, well, where are you guys? And, uh, and He says, well, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And he says, well, how did you know? Who told you that you were naked? You must have eaten the fruit. Um, and then proceeds to tell them or cast them out and says, okay, well, because you ate the fruit, you have to leave the garden. Um, and you're going to have to anyway, and basically life now becomes a little bit more hard and challenging. Right. But at the same time, they also then come to learn and they start to do things and they look back on that experience. Adam and Eve look back on that experience with fondness and gratefulness, knowing that that had to happen. Um, but the process itself was quite painful. I love it. Perfect synopsis. So, okay, so
0: as I listen to you tell that story, and I'm reminded of a few um, parenting things. Number one, God comes and he sets parameters for his children. He says, okay, you have this wonderful place to live and to play and to grow. And any of these things you can eat of and Use for your liking, except for this one tree the, of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to eat of that. Um, and if you do, then you will surely die. And so imagine, if you will, making that more um, applicable to us. Okay, in this living room, you kids can play with all of these toys. You can play with anything you want. You can do whatever you want in here, but you cannot touch my computer. My computer is off limits and if you touch my computer you will lose the privilege of playing in this room.
1: Okay. Yeah I was gonna say or like yesterday or maybe even this morning too you guys are welcome to play with your scooters outside but you cannot <laughs> play with your scooters inside. <laughs> okay exactly right. Okay so you have or these parameters. Take the scooters away like that's not an <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah
0: okay so there you go. He, as parents we are should set parameters. We should put rules in place to help our family function. Okay, so God does this. He puts these rules in place. Well, he also knows, and we also know, that there's going to be times that our kids break the rules. Obviously, um, kids were riding their scooters where they shouldn't, (laughs) or you wouldn't have had that conversation, right? Yep. (laughs) Okay, so this is what I learned from that. Number one, God says, if you do do this, then there's going to be consequences that happen. So um, Adam and Eve partake of the, the forbidden fruit, and their eyes are open, and they recognize what they've done. Well, God comes to them, and He's he starts asking them questions. I love this part, because he's asking them questions. Um, Adam, where are you? What have you done? And this question... Gives them an opportunity to talk about what they chose to do. This puts, puts it on them. He's not coming. I told you not to eat of that fruit. Why did you eat of that fruit? You know better than that. He just says, what have you done? And Eve explains that she was tempted and she ate. And Adam explains that he listened to Eve and he ate and, and Satan was there and he, says, well, I was just doing what's been done in other worlds. But God asked each of them what happened. He listened to their story. And then he made consequences for each one. Eve, because of this, you're going to be have difficult childbirth. Adam, you are going to have weeds to have to deal with. Satan, you are going to be cast out. And so the thing that I learned from this is, Can you imagine your kids are in the other room fighting, and you hear them fighting, and you go in there, Mom, she's doing this. No, Mom, she did this to me. Everybody has a different story, but you listen to each one. You say, okay, Katie, what happened? Okay, Evelyn, what what happened? Because every story has more than one side of it. You listen to each side of the story, and then each person will have a consequence. Okay, because you kicked, and your sister kicked, you need to go sit in your room until you're ready to apologize because you yelled and cried and and stole her book to begin with you will have to go to your room until you're ready to apologize. So as parents it is up to us to dole out consequences but it's also up to us to hear and validate you know what our children are are frustrated with. I remember being um, as a young child, um, we were playing in, in a room, and somehow the deep freeze got unplugged. And to this day, I don't know how that deep freeze got unplugged, but all of that meat in the deep freeze was spoiled. It was ruined because that um, plug had come unplugged. And I remember my dad coming to me and saying, you know, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember anything that happened with that. I don't know why it would have come unplugged. And I didn't really feel like I got validated, but I really did get consequences for, for that. And I still remember that because I feel like you didn't listen to what I had to say. You didn't validate what my concerns were. And, and as parents, you have to make that judgment call, but asking your kids what happened, I think is an important part. I mean, that's what God asks questions to help them. And the reason you do that is because you help them recognize that it's their choices. Because you did this, this is a consequence that you have have to happen. Because you chose to take the book from your sister, this is a consequence you will have. It's not you being mean, it's you helping them recognize that they have consequences to their actions.
1: I think I think that that's that's a really important distinction there, Mom. Um, one of a parenting book I, I really enjoyed uh, is, is this book called Love and Logic, right? And it and it basically talks about that idea that you know your job is to show love, but it, mm-hmm. it, it's not to remove those consequences. It's to help them. It's to remove like God didn't go in there and was mad at them. Like this was not about his retaliation. Right. Sometimes we say that the Old Testament is a book of God's retaliation Um, and we can maybe deal with that later, but this story is not right. This story, like you said, he just says, okay, well, what happened? Well, the the natural consequence of you eating that fruit means that you have to be removed from me. Like that's Mm -hmm. just what has to happen. And I'm sorry. Right. Like, you know um i'm trying to think of a good example recently i mean we could still use the scooter example okay you hold your scooter in the house well i'm going to take this away i'm sorry i can't trust you with it right i still love you i still want to help you but because i care about you and because i care about this home mm-hmm. you are not allowed to ride the like i'm going to take the scooter away because it's too tempting for you to have the scooter and want to ride it inside um anyways no, so and nice I- consequences but, but But it's done in love, and it's not done in retaliation. It's not done out of anger. It's done with – you find those – I mean, particularly if you can find a natural consequence and say, you know what, this is just what happens because of that. Right. Go ahead. Well, I was
0: just going to say this idea of removing um, an offender from the environment is is really common and actually can be very effective because you think about it – Adam and Eve, if you don't respect the rules that we have in place, then you can't be in this room with me. So you have children, children, if you can't respect that we do not uh, jump on the couch, then you can't be in this room with me. Or, you know, kids want to be where the action is. Kids want to be where the family is and to remove them and have them have to go to their room or to remove them and have them have to s- sit facing, there was one, I I remember one family who had a little boy, he was probably only 18 months old or something, and they had come to visit, and this little 18-month-old baby had been, had gone and hit his grandma, and you know how babies are, they just can get, they're frustrated, and so he hit his grandma. Well, the dad saw this, and he picked up that little child, and he went, and he took him to the wall, and made him just stare at the wall for just 30 seconds or whatever. And then he brought him back and, and said, can you give grandma a hug? And she ge- he gave grandma a hug. Um, so what he was doing there is he was removing her. Well, you can't stay in here and play. You cannot continue to do the things that you're going to do if you can't follow the rules. And so this idea of removing them from the environment is a very, very effective way. And God does that a lot. Um, he did that with Adam and Eve in the garden he did that when with Satan, when Satan wanted to destroy our agency. He said, "You've got to leave. You can no longer be here in in heaven." And he kicks them out of a third of the hosts of heaven. Were kicked out of 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 the preexistence or or you know that whatever pre-mortal world. There we go. Um, so this idea of removing them from the environment is a very very effective way.
1: Um, let me. I love that I think you're I think that's a good point. I want to back up a little bit, and this is not um this is a change of topic slightly, but from this story, just another thing that I learned about this, right and one thing that I love that God did when he when they first got into the the garden, he says, "'Look, you can eat of all of these fruits. look at all of these fruits you can have. You can have the apple and the pear and the like you got all mm-hmm. these fruits you can have. Don't eat that one over there, but look at all these others that you have and um, I think that's also a really common and really powerful parenting technique, right? When you say, look at all these things you can do, right? In the mm-hmm. living room, you can color. You can um, you know, like on that balance beam we have. You can play in a box. Yeah, you can you can read. You can you can even do jumping jacks or do somersaults in the living room. But you cannot ride your scooter. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, look at all these things you can do. Um, anyway, that's also just a just a side comment, but a really powerful thing that, that God even showed. Like, look at all these fruits you can't eat. Don't eat that one, but look at all these things you can do.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, One of the last things that I learned, and I get maybe not, there's so many things you can learn, but one other really important thing that we learn in Moses, and I just want to read it from his own mouth. No, this is what he says. In Moses 4.30, God says, For as I, the Lord God, liveth, even so, my words cannot return void. For as they go forth out of my mouth, they must be fulfilled. Um, and so because he had told Adam and Eve, if they partook of that fruit, that they would surely die, they didn't know what that meant. But in God's mind, that meant that they would have to be removed from the garden. They would be separated from him, which is a, a spiritual death. So when we make these consequences, when we say something, when we put an ultimatum on our kids, we better be willing to follow through on it. Never ever threaten your children with something that you aren't willing to do. If you don't, sh- be quiet, I'm gonna kick you out the door. If you're not willing to kick them out the door, then don't say it. The integrity of your words, is critical for your kids to know that they need to follow what you say. And God, that is something that he is perfect at. He will never go back on his word. And you can take it as as truth. And our kids need to know that when we say, if you write that in the living room, I will take that scooter away. You better take the scooter away because otherwise it's an idle threat and it, it does more harm to them than not even having the rule to begin with. And so if you look at God, he will always, whether it's a blessing or whether it's a curse, he will always do what he says he was going to do. So that I think is key when we think about dealing with our children, that we have to follow through on whatever it is we said we were going to do.
1: Yeah, I think that's important too. I agree.
0: Okay, let's move on to the next example. When Adam and Eve now are kicked out of the um, out of the Garden of Eden and they're in the world, and God gives them a commandment to sacrifice. And they actually don't even know why they are sacrificing the their flocks. They're just doing it, right? But this is the cool thing. What happens, you know, um, as they go on for a while making these sacrifices?
1: Well, so they make these sacrifices for a long time, but eventually an angel comes, right? And he says, do you know what you're doing? And Adam's like, yeah, we're offering a sacrifice. And he says, well, do you know why? Like, do you know what this is? And he's like, no, I only know, like, I only know that God told me. And so I'm doing it. Um, and then the angels proceeded to to help him understand what this was all about, Right. Yeah. See, I love that. So, so,
0: you know, what do you learn from that, Lindsay? What what choices, things about parenting can you learn from that little story?
1: Um, I, th- I think something I love about that is, well, number one, sometimes God just needs us to do things, right? And we don't understand it. And the same thing is true in our families. Like sometimes I just need my kids to help with the dishes or to, clean up or to practice the piano or whatever. Like, it's just something that we do as Jensen's. These are things that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to tell you why every time. But um, so I think that's one thing I mean, the other point is, is this idea of coming and asking questions and helping them kind of come to their own realization, why this is important or what the outcomes are of this or how this is (laughs) helping them learn and grow. Yeah, so
0: over time, um, it's helpful if you, as you see your child really progressing in the it, at the piano, and you stop and you say, Evelyn, why do you think, what do you think has happened since you've been practicing the piano every day for a whole year? Well, I don't know. Or maybe she does know, but she hasn't thought about it. And you say, Evelyn, you have got so that you can play these songs really well. You can sit down and you can play this music just by looking at it. Or you can play these hard songs that you couldn't play with at the beginning. And you now have this opportunity to to show what, what has happened as they have chosen to obey what you've asked them to do. As they've chosen to follow you point out what's happening because they have chosen. And as you do, so like for Adam, after the angel came and told him about what he was doing and why he was doing it, his eyes were opened. And shortly thereafter, God said the Holy Ghost to Adam. And the Holy Ghost was able to testify to Adam about the importance of the atonement and about Adam's own ability to be redeemed. And it's after that that he and Eve are so grateful for the experience that they had in the Garden of Eden that they took, partook of that fruit so that they could have this experience and they recognized how it was all going to work. And he's like, and yet in the flesh, I will be able to return and see Heavenly Father again. I can return and be with him. And he understood that, but it wasn't at the very beginning. It was over time. And as parents, we can help our children understand what's happening as they have some of these experiences.
1: So I'll just share a small example, Mom. I, I think the piano one's a great one. Um, recently, well, the other, yeah, a couple weeks ago as we were studying the creation, and we read in the, my daughter, my oldest daughter had been reading on her own the scriptures, and and so she was so excited because like we started reading and then, She's like, and then God said it was good. <laughs> she just like, <laughs> before it even happened, like, she remembered that part. And uh, anyway, but we were talking about that. And then we decided to make a little poster that we hung up in our in our dining area where, where we have scripture study. And it says, it was good. And I says, kids, I want, like, let's start paying attention to all of the good things that we're doing. Right. And so over the course of the last couple of weeks, we've been, you know, we've written things like, I haven't written piano down. I need to go write that one down. That's a good one. But things like, you know, getting up early or getting our chores done without being asked right doing our doing our homeschooling doing um spending lots of time outside you know any like just just recognizing look at all these good things we're doing during the day during all of these days like look at all of these things that we can say you know what that was good that was a good mm-hmm. thing for me to do i love um, it see and as a parent
0: that is what our role can be, as we teach our children, is to point out those things that are good, to point out those things, that the choices that they are making and the effects that are happening because of those choices. You know, choices don't always have to be bad or consequences don't always have to be bad. Consequences can be good, too, and we need to point those out to our children so that they begin to connect, that I made this choice and this good thing happened. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. So that yeah, as a- and one one thing we've been working on is is getting up earlier and just like getting started and on their um on their morning chores and their and kind of, kind of establishing these morning habits so that I don't have to be telling them everything that they need to be doing every step along the way right so that I can do my own morning <laughs> mm-hmm. stuff without having to tell them and and they've been doing a great job at it like they've actually we can yeah share that maybe another time but um it's been fun. Like to, again, to just say, look at what's happened over the last month as you guys have been getting up early on your own. And I haven't had to tell you what to do. Your room has been staying clean. Doesn't that feel so good? Look at how we, I mean, we're done with schoolwork by, you know, real, you know, early in by 10 30, 11 or 30 in the morning, because you're starting super early, right? Because you're getting some stuff done even before breakfast. And that makes it, so we have so much time to play outside. We can read extra books. You can just have more time to play or to create. And, um, Anyway, I I think that's a good point. Just saying, you know, and well, and then again, but this idea of asking questions and helping them make those own connections themselves, right? Say, Mm -hmm. how do you feel when you get up early and your room is clean? And when you have extra time to play or what happens when, when you get started on this stuff without me having to tell you what to do Um, and let them start to realize all these great things that are happening because of this, this habit that you've established in your home.
0: Yeah, so no, I think that that's key, because it's easy for us to tell them. But if we ask them and help them make those connections, it's even more meaningful to them, because they're like, they have that aha moment, and they have that light bulb that turns on, and they own it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I did that. That's me, you know, and and a little bit of that comes as we tell them and we recognize what they've done, but it's even more effective if you can ask them questions that will help them recognize it themselves. So maybe you start by pointing out a few things like you did, and then you says, okay, let's see what else we can think of that's good. So then they start thinking about it and they start getting excited about looking for what's good in their life and looking for what's good in, in their home. Um, that that is even more meaningful and that's what God teaches us through I believe through that example of of Adam and Eve. Why are you doing this? Well, I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. Um anyway, that that's an important important tool. Um let's move on to the next example,
1: Cain and Abel. Tell us a little bit about that, Lens. Yeah, so um Again, they've been making sacrifices, right? Adam and Eve have been making sacrifices for a long time. They have kids. Cain and Abel are both two of their sons. Um, And the commandment is still to make sacrifices. And Abel is a shepherd, takes care of the sheep. And Cain is a gardener. And he's growing all these fruits and vegetables. And um, Cain decides instead of sacrificing a sheep, he's going to sacrifice some of his fruits and vegetables. But God does not accept that. He says, no, this isn't, uh, this isn't what I asked you to do. Um, I, I don't really appreciate these fruits and veggies. I don't actually know what happened, but somehow God does not accept the sacrifice Mm -hmm. and Cain gets really upset by this. He gets really upset. Um, and anyway, he ends up going and killing Abel, um, because he's so jealous and frustrated with his brother." There has to be more that's happened to the story because you don't just go. I told the kid, I told the story yeah. to the kids, <laughs> and my second daughter's face, my six-year-old's face, just was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I would never. She just was like, "I don't." It do does you, not compute. She, yeah, like, <laughs> how, how would you kill you, your brother? You just kill your brother. She just like had this open mouth. I was like, uh. <laughs> I was like okay, maybe that's why people are nervous about the Old Testament, but. <laughs> getting mad what happens when we get mad all of us have gone mad anyway i have thought that too i
0: thought there's something's missing in this story because you don't go from just getting mad to killing somebody there's there's a few more steps in there that we don't quite understand but but you're right this and i love how god handles this so so cain tries to offer the sacrifice of his Turnips and radishes and green beans, you know, and God's like, um, that doesn't really work, Cain. And he gets mad. Can't you just see it? That, I mean, in your own family, you can just, that's not what I asked for uh, that. Thank you for doing that, but that's not what I need. Um, yeah. uh, and God asks at this. I love how he does this. He says, Cain, why are you mad? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, your offering will be accepted. If you don't, then Satan will have you. That's what he tells them. So basically, look, you knew the rules around sacrifice. If you follow the rules around sacrifice, I will accept it. But if you don't, I can't. Why are you mad that I can't accept your, or that I won't accept your, your offering? That's not, that's not within the rules. That's not how it goes. And then I love this. So, so you know, so that's, you know, God is not getting upset. He's just putting it totally square back on him. Cain, why are you mad? What's your problem? Helping him think through his choices, right? Um, but this is a part too that I love. He says, you know, you, Cain, will be cursed unless you repent. So again, he's giving him a choice. Look, you can take care of this. It's not a big deal that I didn't accept your um, offering. You can take care of that. That's not a big deal. But he chose not to. And instead, he continued to make choices that eventually led him to the point that he killed his brother Abel. And again, God comes back to him and says, Cain, what have you done? Where is Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Okay, so again, God is asking those questions that help Cain or figure out how his choices are related to the consequences that he is is having. Um, now, can you think of how that would work in in your family?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to to think through this a little bit more. So. I mean, one thing that comes is just today at nap time. Um so we usually read stories and sometimes I let the kids choose their own stories, but sometimes sometimes I put boundaries on it. For example, um because we homeschool, today before we all took naps I said, "You know what? I want you guys to choose a book that has to do something with school." So one of my daughters wanted to read Curious George and I was like, "You know what? That's right now I would rather us read a history like some like a historical type book or a poem book or something, you know, an Aesop's fable, something that um, relates a little bit more to school than <laughs> Curious George. <laughs> and uh, she was a little bit upset. <laughs> she did not like that answer. Um, but we were able to work through it. And I just say, you know what, that's, I mean, that's the rule. Like I'm sorry, right now that is we can read this story later. You're also big enough to read it on your own. Um, but let's like that's, that's the rule. And and I, and the other thing I did is was talk to her a little bit and say, you know, you can, you're just saying no. And like, that's not going to ever just saying no and being mad isn't going to lead to change. Like you can talk to me about how you feel. You can talk to me about, you can ask me questions about maybe some other books that might work. Um, but just getting mad isn't, that's not helpful, right? Like just being upset isn't helpful. And, um, anyway, so that was one thing that we, So, so I like
0: that. So, but if we follow this pattern um, that God does, He asks questions. So, how could we? How could we take that scenario of Katie coming and say, "I want to read Curious George"? Um, How could we ask questions that would help her
1: understand better why that wasn't appropriate? That's a good. That's a good question. Um, yeah, so we could ask questions like, you know, what is it about this book that you are interested in, or why do you want to read this book, or um, are there any other books that would you would be interested that would meet this criteria of doing school? Um, I don't well, know. Do okay, so that
0: so the the. The thing with those kind of questions, though, doesn't really relate her. It's not helping her recognize that her choice doesn't fit in the parameters that that you gave her, right? So, so maybe a a better question would be asked: uh, Katie, does even just a yes or no? Does that is that a school book? Is a Curious George book related to school? Uh, what was the um. What did I tell you before we started? What kind of book you could choose?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so those kind of questions help her recognize, you know, okay. So here was what you were told. This was the commandment you were given. Um, how do you? How can you justify that book f- falling within the parameters that that you've been given? And they won't be able to do it, right? And they will be frustrated. But then you can say, well, Katie, why are you mad? Because I want to read this book. Well, you can read that book, just not right now. And help her understand that there's a certain parameter that she has to fall in within at this at this time. Anyway, somehow you got to think about those kind of questions that can help her figure out. And, and in the moment... You're not going to see a lot of success. You're going to see her being frustrated. You're going to see her being mad. You're going to see her acting like Cain, who's just who's mad about it. But as they think through that, well, why am I mad? Why am I acting this way? Eventually, it'll start to stick, and eventually, they'll see that they can choose to throw a fit or they can choose to obey the rules and hurry and get to story time. They'll figure that out eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. well I think I think that, that that's a good point those are those are good questions to ask and I, and I think your point here is like how can I how can how can I ask questions that helps her take accountability right yes for what's gonna happen and that's I think your point yeah um, that was better said than what I said it well I yeah I didn't think about it until as you were talking but you're right like that's that's the goal here is to help them start to take accountability because one thing that you haven't mentioned yet but um I know you, you you've talked to me about separately multiple times. Is one of the the common threads between all of these things that God teaches is the importance of agency, right? Mm-hmm. Is that every time He lets us choose, and He lets people choose, and He is not He will guide us, and he, there are bounds, there are boundaries, and there are consequences, both good and bad, to things, and He wants to help us understand those consequences and help us um, understand the choices that we're making but we are accountable for our choices and he is going to totally 100% let us do that. And, um, similarly letting our kids. Um, so like, I mean, one of the things that came out of this conversation with, with my daughter, with Katie about the curious George book was I'm not going to read that right now. So if that's the book that you are going to choose, then you're not going to, you don't have, I'm not going to read you a book, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. else is going to choose a book, but that is not a book I'm going to read right now. And, um, Right? That would be the natural consequence is that she mm-hmm. doesn't get to choose a story because she has chosen, she knows that she has chosen a story that I am not going to read at this point, right, right now, at this point in time. Um, anyway.
0: Yeah. And so that goes back to that item that we talked about in the beginning that when God says something, he will not retract it. And he has said, I give unto man their agency. He That is something he has given us, and he will not take that from us, no matter what happens. That is why bad things happen in the world, is because God will allow people to make their own choices for good or for bad. That's why Cain was able to make those choices and kill Abel. What a terrible thing to have your brother killed or your son killed. If you were even to have your son killed by his brother, what an evil thing. And yet God did not stop it because he has given every man their agency. Now, there are consequences to that act, but he will not stop them from doing and acting as their own agent. So something to think about as as a parent. Um, When you try to control, that is not a God-like trait. Controlling every aspect was Satan's idea, and he was kicked out of heaven for doing that. God's Thing is that there is agency and consequences um and it's hard to 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 do that that as a parent that is a very um difficult balance to find but it is something that i think is important to strive for mm-hmm. so we're getting close to running out of time let's quickly just talk about enoch um Everybody knows the story. Well, I don't. No, I'm not gonna say everybody knows the story of Enoch, because the part that I remember about Enoch is that he made this city that was translated. But there was a lot before that time that was important. Do you remember about when Enoch was small or young and what happened there, Lindsay? Because if not, no. I'll, I'll fill it in. <laughs>
1: nope, I don't <laughs> I remember too yeah. much about that. <laughs>
0: right? I didn't either until I was rereading it today. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So here's Enoch. And he, at this time, he's actually, he says he's a lad. So I don't know what that means, a teenager or a tween or I don't know. He's a lad. And God comes to him and he says, "Enoch, I want you to go and preach my gospel and cry repentance to these people. These people are not obeying the commandments that I have given them, and I want you to go and tell them that they need to repent." Okay, now that's a pretty big commandment to be given to a teenager. And he says, he now asks the question. So all of these things have had questions in but now he's asking the question. He says, why me? I'm just a boy. The people hate me. I'm slow at speech. Why do you want me to do this work? This is what he says. I did not know that about Enoch, that he was asked to do this as a lad, and he was really nervous because he says, the people hate me. That's what it says, for I am slow of speech. And God at that time doesn't answer his question. He just says, if you choose to do what I ask, I will go with you, I will show you, I will keep you safe, and I will let you know what to say. And so Enoch goes on faith, and he does what God asks him to do, an amazing thing happens from that then becomes this Enoch that we all know that was so righteous and so good that he led a whole city full of people to be translated. That's how good he became. He became so good that he could move mountains and so great that he could move rivers from their riverbanks. Um, and all of this because he chose to have faith, and to follow God. And I love that because I thought, when our kids come to us with questions, as Enoch came to God with questions, when we give our kids a commandment to do something, and they say, why should I do this? And your answer is, I can't tell you now, just do it, and I promise that you'll see it someday. And if our children use their agency to choose to do what we've asked them to do, to practice the piano every day, to read their scriptures every day, to make their bed, whatever it is, over time they are going to progress and grow and develop and begin to see that all of those tiny habits have created in them something amazing. That's mm-hmm. what I learn about parenting with this story with God and Enoch, is that sometimes we don't need to answer their question. We just need to go with them and show them and help them. And in time, they will see for themselves.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a really good point, Mom. And as I think about it, like in terms of my kids, right, I think there's this balance of, um, well, I need you, or of like, Showing them that they can do it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I I love his thing, like, follow me. If you do what I ask, I'll go with you. I will show you. I'll tell you what to say. And, um, right, there is some of that. Like, God didn't do it for him. Enoch had to do it. But he showed him. He guided him. He, um, you know, he He kept him safe. He He was
0: worried about being killed by all these people, but he kept him safe.
1: Yeah, but just think of the faith. Yeah. And think of the faith that that the Enoch had in God, but also kind of like that that self-confidence that God was going to help him, right? It's not just I mean it's self-confidence in himself, but also like with God, like with God's help, I can do anything, right? And so it's mm. it's this um this mesh of like so so as a parent, right, it's helping my kids understand You can do this with my help, with God's help. Look at these great things you can do. This might be hard. I understand that this is hard. I'll help you, right? I understand that as you're practicing the piano, you love to practice and play by ear, but this, these theory pages you do not like. I'll help (laughs) you. Like I can help you figure this out, but let's do it together, right? Um, it's important still that you do this and look at what you, you can learn and look at what you can do and become as we do this together. We're on a team, right? As a family, we're on a team to try to help all of us become these um, wonderful or become more independent, become more able, become more um, faithful, all of those things, right? Yeah. And so I love
0: that. As as our kids come with us with fears like, why do you want me to do this? This is scary. Why do I have to perform in front of people? Or why do I have to do these things that are out of their comfort zone um, to challenge them to stretch a little bit, but to give them the confidence by, you know what, I'll be there. I'll help you. We'll prepare you. And you can do this. And then they will grow in ways that, that are just uh, outstanding. Just, just amazing.
1: And watch and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Come, some do this. This is going to be hard. I know, but watch and see what happens. Will you try it? Will you have faith to try it with me? And I'll help yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I love that. Okay, so
0: Lindsay, let's let's wrap it up. What are the three basic things that we learn from each of these stories about parenting?
1: Yeah, well, I think one of, I mean, one of the ones that first comes to mind is this idea of setting rules and setting boundaries, right? We talk about agency, and I think this is this is a particularly important in terms of agency, right? Because sometimes we say, well, no, God, agency is so important, we need to let our kids choose, and then we give them full. Mm. Full choice, right? <laughs> right. And so you have these two. I Just mean, let them do whatever ways, they want. Yeah, let them do whatever they want. You kind of in parenting, you have these two extremes of like, okay, I'm going to let my kids do whatever they want because they 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 need to be able to choose and they need to learn. And then you have the other extreme, which is like, no, I'm going to control everything they do because they don't they they don't have the capability to choose completely by themselves, choose well on their own, right? Mm-hmm. And God shows us this this middle, this boundary of giving your kids agency, but setting boundaries and making it very clear and say, these are the rules and this is what's going to happen. And I would encourage you to do this and let me help you do these things. Um, but it is up to you to choose and I will let you choose. And then these, these, and then the consequences follow, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. it is, good or bad. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So to me, I think that is a big one is, is having these rules, having these boundaries. Um, it's not a free for all. That's not how God does no. it. It's
0: it's absolutely it's not, not. There yeah, is structure. It's not
1: there is structure. It's not a free for all, but agency is so important, and so mm-hmm. He's not forcing. But there is the. I mean, there is kind of yeah, like you said, the structure, these boundaries, these rules, these um, a way to work within it to learn and grow, um, in a safe environment or in a in a structured environment.
0: So I heard once, and I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard once that. It's a parent's job to put in boundaries and it's a child's job to push those boundaries and to find out where those boundaries are. So those kids are going to come up to those boundaries and they're going to push those boundaries. But but because they know where those boundaries are, it actually gives them confidence. If there's no boundaries, think of yourself um, like free falling. It's scary because you have no frame of reference. There's nothing to hold on to. But if you are in a... In a place where you can put your hands on the on the wall and your feet on the floor, and you're falling, there, there's some sense of stability there. And our children need to know that there's boundaries. That actually helps them. Um, by no boundaries, they have no structure, and so. But it's their job to push those boundaries. It's their job to find those boundaries, and it's our job to keep those boundaries there. Well,
1: so, I can imagine, like. I don't know if this is a good example or not, but as you were talking, I was imagining like being up on a, like on a cliff and then there's the railing around the outside. Right. Mm -hmm. And so our job is to put that railing up um, and the kids are going to go push it. Like I can imagine going up and testing it to be like, how, how strong is this? Can I lean up against this? Like, can Mm -hmm. I, or, Mm -hmm. or not? Right. Like, and if I don't know if it's safe or not, like it's, I don't know, like that's, you're going to want to go test it and see how, how safe is this, this thing? Is it really going to keep me safe or not?
0: Yeah, um, I think is a good example. And you want to keep it safe. You want to make sure those boundaries stay firm so that they know that I can I can push up against this and I'm going to be okay. And then after a while they don't need to push up against it because they already know that it's going to hold them if they if something happens. Their curiosity has been satisfied. Yeah. So, okay, so that's number 1. Make sure that you have consequences with your agency. It's not a free for all.
1: Set up those rules. Um but still have those agents. Anyway, that, that, yeah. that balance of, of rules and choices and consequences with agency, I think is kind of, yeah, the big one. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. And then the second thing is to use questions to help our children connect their choices to those consequences. So we have to help them recognize that they have power over that, that they can choose to be mad or happy or angry. And, and that's, and that's their choice. They can choose to obey or disobey. They have that power, but they ha- do not have the ability to choose the consequences that there will be consequences. But to help your job as a parent, particularly when your children are young, is to help them realize by asking them questions so that they can come to, to figure it out on their own what their choices are doing to the consequences, the results that they're getting. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yep, that makes sense.
0: Okay, and lastly, follow through on what you say. If you say it, you better be be prepared to do it. Don't say anything that you're not prepared to follow through on because it's again, your analogy of the railing. If, If you don't keep that railing tight, And you say something, but then you give in, they do not know that that is going to keep them safe. Mom doesn't follow through on those things. I can do these things with whatever I want. And so there's not that structure there. Make sure that you follow through on the consequences. God always follows through with what he says for good or for bad. Okay. Any last comments? Nope. I think we covered it. Okay, everybody. Remember, your teaching matters. Have a great week.